There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Talkin' Titans. Joe Rexford and Eric Bacharach on the mic today. And OTAs are over, Eric, which means mandatory minicamp is next for the Titans. So let's go through all of it. What did we learn in this ultra-compelling world of OTAs? No shorts, no contact OTAs. Uh, or shorts, no contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not no shorts. Yeah, right, they right. did wear shorts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not. I mean, you know, there's only so much you can glean uh, when that's the situation. But I mean, you see guys like we were just talking about. Howard Landry shows up looking stronger. So he looks he different. Probably five pounds, and it looks like it's five pounds of muscle. It look. Um, he looks different, and the things he was saying at his press conference, I thought were. If you're a Titans fan, things mm-hmm. you absolutely want to hear from someone in his spot because he's he's there, you know, they they need him to to take a big step this year. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the foundation was was laid fairly well last year. You know, we saw some glimpses. It's it's just getting that consistency and uh you know, he spoke about today sort of adding some moves to his repertoire so he's not this one trick pony type of guy coming off the edge, and you could see last year that at times, like he needs a counter move. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, but you know, He's and a that's a rookie often. But yeah, he talked about that and and about. I thought it was interesting going into. You know, he was asked about is it hard to go to the the secondary moves? I guess basically mm-hmm. like using your secondary pitches. And he's talking about, well, some guys are good against this, not as good against that. So you got to be able to be versatile enough to say, okay, I can use this against this guy, this against this guy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it all makes sense, but it's he broke it down well. And the fact that he stayed at the facility all off season, right? I, I think he said he took a short vacation and then he was was at that facility working out with there. And of course, he has his old strength coach also, sure. So comfort level for him. But I mean, I think you know, if you're the Titans, you probably love all those choices by him. Yeah, absolutely, because he's a guy that, you know, they, they really, really need because, you know, we, we kind of went into the offseason thinking that edge rusher was the priority, and they did some things to address that. They they brought in Cameron Wake, who's 37, so you would imagine he's, you know, a situational, rotational kind of guy, and then, you know, they, they get uh, DeAndre Walker in the fifth round, who was, you know, by all accounts, a steal there, but he'll be a rookie, so, you know, they're really going to be sort of leaning on how Landry, you know, you have... Sharif Finch, Kamalai Correa coming back. So there's some guys there that you could trust, but with no Derek Morgan, no Brian Arakpo, he's a guy that really, they really need him to take the next step this year. Yeah, no question. No question. And, and in terms of leadership, I think they addressed that with Cameron Wake. And Cameron Wake's another guy, if, you, if you're going to go by watching people run around in shorts with a helmet on, you're like, yeah, he, he looks pretty good. But He does. And he's been a productive guy, but, but you have to have you know realistic expectations for guys like that. I thought on the open day of OTAs we saw, Eric, I mean, obviously probably the most performance you see is going to be the passing game sure. stuff. I mean, there's no running game really to, to – I mean, they, they call running plays, but, I mean, obviously there's no tackling. There's really no blocking. Um, passing the ball, I thought Mariota passed it really well for the most part on the OTA day we saw, he, he had mm-hmm. some dimes in the red zone. Certainly he had three straight touchdowns to Tajay Sharp. He also had a great deep pass to Taewon Taylor, a couple really nice passes, you know, moderate uh, length passes to, uh, to Cam Batson. Mm-hmm. 
No AJ Brown out there. Looked like he maybe had a little tight hammy at some at some point in one of the drills, but you know, I mean there were a lot of guys missing. I don't right. know that there's any concern. I guess maybe of the guys who were missing, Taylor Lewan was not there. Mm-hmm. Who else? A, f- a few other guys were not there. Johnny Smith was... Uh, He's still you know, coming back. Yeah, but we saw him on the field after practice kind of getting some conditioning work in. So, you know... He's getting closer. He's getting closer. No Jack Conklin. No sign of him. We haven't seen yeah, him at still, all. And that, uh, that was what I was going to say. That's the one guy... You know, a little bit more of a. We'll have to see when camp starts. You know right. exactly how he is. Right now, their one's O line is is Kevin Panfield at 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 right guard mm-hmm. with Nate Davis. You know that Waiting that looks that looks yeah. to be a a competition and also a little bit of a mentor protege thing maybe. And Kevin is the type of guy I think who 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 will be good in that role in both ways, competing but also helping him get better. Then you no know, Dennis Kelly at right tackle right. could look a lot different. It could at some point. But it's good to have Kelly, certainly. He's the ultimate safety net, yeah. And then Panfield is a guy who, you know, for people who forget, before I like, ripped a pectoral muscle, I believe. Right. For people who forget, I mean, he was, you know, talk about a guy who kind of saved him in that uh, Houston win, that huge win last season. Mm-hmm. So they got some offensive depth there. How about defensively? I thought, uh, you know, Malcolm Butler made an incredible play in the end zone on a right. crossing pattern. Tannehill, by the way, throwing the ball well, too. Some of those guys aren't, you know, Dory Jackson's not out there all the way. Logan Ryan coming back still. They're making, uh, they're making use of the, the new sand pit, though, as far as, uh, you know, just getting some work in while they're, they're, you know, coming back from injury. I went out there and, and, like, walked it. I think it's, like, 20 by 55. They installed it. Uh, 20 by 55 yards? Feet. Feet. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, man, that's big. <laughs> uh, well, assuming my feet are... Half yeah. a football field sand pit? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so I, I mean, they're they're getting some work in, and uh, you know, you kind of just look at those guys, and uh, you know, they're they're out there, but they're not participating. You know, these are voluntary sessions anyway. You know, we saw Jarrell Casey sort of in a, in a similar capacity, you know, not participating in OTAs, but he's he's out there conditioning and doing all that stuff. And I just can't I can't get I can't get excited about anyone, especially proven veterans, not doing everything in OTAs. I just I this can't. Time of the year, yeah can't read much into it but the sand pit is interesting and Vrabel was talking about that as a uh, he was a workout his off-season workouts did a lot of sand pit stuff right 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 he spoke about that I spoke with the strength coach about that gonna have a story about that he's he's a guy from Boston College Frank Pereno who coached uh, Harold Landry and he had some good stuff to say about him but uh, it kind of just adds you know a new element to the rot- routine Pereno actually said that John Robinson came up with the idea you know you just see a lot of guys that aren't able to participate in practice, they're out there in the, in the sand, you know, participating there. And, uh, you know, just it's just funny speaking to like Jarrell Casey and Adoree Jackson, California guys that are used to, you know, using the beach to their advantage. Kind of just, you know, is a good sort of strength slash conditioning way to uh, just to add something to the repertoire. Yeah. Anything else um, that... Uh struck you even in if not observation because again it's for people who don't know it it is limited i mean it's uh it's shorts it's it's helmets there's some drills there's some team periods and it gets competitive it gets competitive certainly between the receivers and defensive backs because they can do what they mm-hmm. do in this format most other people on the field aren't doing what they do uh, but even in conversation a story you came across or you know an interesting tidbit maybe someone gave you here during this phase well even even to your earlier point just about the receivers it's it's like you know we we saw a couple of really strong back-to-back otas from tajay sharp 
from Taiwan Taylor. But I remember just, you know, when I was starting on the beat with uh, Taiwan, he, he's a guy that performs really well in practice. And then, you know, come Sundays, it doesn't fully translate. Some some weeks it does, but some not not, does not consistently on enough. Passes, but yeah, exactly, not consistently. And, you know, just speaking with Tajay today, you know, a lot of reporters sort of asked him the question, you know, do you feel the pressure now that they bring in a guy like Adam Humphreys, they draft A.J. Brown, and now the wide receiver depth chart this year versus last year, it's it's so different. Tajay and Taewon are, you know, much farther down, all of a sudden competing for their jobs. And, you know, a guy like Tajay really doesn't have a whole lot to offer as of right now on special teams. Mike Vrabel was asked about that, at, you know, asked if he could, if a player is capable of, of, you know, picking that up in year three or four of his NFL career. And he said, sure, but, you know, Tajay has a long way to go with that. He's he's behind guys like Cameron Batson and Darius Jennings, just as far as what those guys do on special teams, you know, whether it's kick returning, punt returning. Tajay doesn't have a whole lot to offer in, in, in that regard. So it's just going to be interesting to see how that position group plays out because, you know, they've, they've got a lot of bodies all of a sudden. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I think Humphreys is a lock to get a lot of snaps this year. Obviously, Corey Davis. And Corey Davis kind of become less of a storyline. It was a big storyline a year ago, kind of like, can he be healthy? Can he play a whole year? Can he become a number one? You know, he he looks out there to me, he looks like a number one. He looks like a really confident guy, the way he goes about his business. And he's just bigger and stronger than most people out there. And, right. you know, a couple instances of that in the red zone with, with Davis and, and Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I still don't, I think with Taewon Taylor in particular, I still think that there's a role for him on this team. Even if A.J. Brown does what he uh, hopes to do and what people hope he, he can do as a rookie. You know, Sharp is the interesting one because mm-hmm. he well, he's, he's, he's a solid player. He's not a quite like an over-the-top type guy like no. Taewon is. Yeah. Well, right, exactly. And, you know, and I mean, at times, if you look at last year in a, in a stretch of the season when he was critically important on third down and he was a safety net for Mariota with Delaney Walker gone mm-hmm. – but then, you know, he kind of fades in and out, and he doesn't overwhelm you with anything he does. But, yeah, special teams probably an important thing for him. When mini, mini camp hits, you know, some teams have, you know, the Jets have mini camp, and that means, well, Le'Veon Bell's showing up. So, sure. you know, some teams have that. They don't. It's not really a thing with the Titans. There's nobody that, you know, they're waiting to show up. They don't have that guy. It's not like, you know, the, the Browns waiting for – uh, Odell Beckham right. to, to you know show up. It's it's not that situation here. But that said, anything for minicamp, which is next week, that especially excites you, or is it just I'm excited for this phase to be over and the next thing will be training camp? Yes, <laughs> it <laughs> is. It. it is option B. Yeah, it's far and away option B. Uh, you know, it's it's still interesting to see sort of Arthur Smith get comfortable in the role and yeah, you know what the guys have to say about him. He was on Taylor Lewan and, and Will Compton's podcast. I know. I still haven't listened to it. I've listened to like the first probably quarter of it. It's, it's long. I told you it's like an hour 40. Uh, but it's That's all a interesting long stuff. podcast. Yeah, they just they just start and there's no real structure. They just talk. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. Um, so I would recommend listening to that. But yeah, it's, it's kind of just interesting to see what players have to say about him. You know, the whole thing with him is, is he's a guy that players really supported. And, and he's a guy that's obviously... Uh, survived a bunch of different regimes, and that speaks to just what the organization thinks of him. And uh, 
just seeing how that sort of translates into what he does, you know, as a play caller, as a guy who is implementing a system with sort of fragments of regimes past. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, throughout this entire season is going to be something to continue watching. Yeah. He's a, we've talked about him. We'll talk about him a lot again, because once the play calling starts, then you really it's, start getting stuff down on, you know, down on tape, so to speak. Yeah. Cause he's unlike LaFleur. He didn't, he doesn't have any play calling experience under his, under his. Belt. Although remember LaFleur didn't really either. LaFleur was yeah. the OC, but was not the play caller. but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. still, it, it's a it's a jump, but clearly a very respected coach. He's really good on the field with mm-hmm. the players. Um, he's good in media settings. I mean, he, he you know he, he's he's impressive in terms of you know just his presence. Now, of course, again, what does that mean for play calling? I I, I don't I don't know how you I don't know how you can predict play calling success. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you have better players you know that probably helps but that's going to be fascinating but I, I I get like you watch Arthur Smith out there and you're not surprised that Mike Vrabel would look at him as a fast riser and as a guy you want to keep around and put into a prominent role so uh, one of many storylines to watch so there you have it folks that's OTAs mini camp next we'll be back to talk about that and developments during mini camp and then Finally, we can look forward to some training camp. Thanks for listening. Talking Titans. Talking Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean.